um, our governor has said that there should be no gathering of people 10 or more, and that was after he changed from uh, 50 or more, and he said that should include churches. And I know that there's several churches that have canceled all of their services for the next several weeks, um, and we have not canceled our services. Um, first of all, if you have symptoms or someone in your household has some of those symptoms, then you should not come to church functions or services, and you should uh, seek medical attention and, and follow the direction that that uh, been given for for that. <clears throat> and we have some in our group who have done that. Uh, we have one who has tested positive. Aaron has tested positive for the virus, and uh, so we sent out an email to um, to let you know that. And so please. Uh, feel free to let others who may not have gotten that email, let them know. <clears throat> we want people to be aware. We want them to take precaution. And so there's others. Um, some of our staff from the Milwaukee Rescue Mission have been tested. They haven't gotten their results yet. And I've advised them um, to follow the protocol for that testing, which includes a testing and remaining in quarantine until you get the um, results back. So they're going to follow that. So we want to be sensible and safe as we follow instructions that are given by our medical um, um, experts in our government. But there's one instruction that I intentionally will not follow, and that is to not come together for worship. Um, and um, I'm, others might follow that. Um, I, I think that is beyond the reach of government to tell us in America when to worship. Now their response is they have um, they have proclaimed a state of emergency and they, they have broad powers under that state of emergency. But the Constitution is still in place in a state of emergency and there are several things that need to be satisfied before you can strip people of their power of their right and especially the right to worship and so um, even as we practice um, uh, being safe in, in this environment I am concerned about um, the government people always say well you know this is exceptional situations but I have seen in history where they always use a crisis to uh, people have used the word erode um, away our, um, our rights. The government didn't give me that right, and they can't take it away. And so if they insist on coming through our service and hauling me off, um, be aware that I have violated um, the governor's edict, and um, you are too. If, well, not today, because it's not more than 10 right here, so we're safe. So forget what I said. <clears throat> That's a separate building. Uh, we'll give it a separate address and use <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, seriously, I don't know why that happened. Um, seriously, I intend on, on continuing service. Now, I do advise people, as I mentioned, to stay home. My wife is not here today because she's hospitalized. 
And uh, if she did not go to the hospital, she would not be here because of her condition. Uh, we have others in that same situation. So I do advise people to, to be careful and to be safe. Um, but if you're healthy, um, our church is going to be open during our normal times. And whoever is healthy enough to come may come, and we will worship during that time. So I just wanted to, to mention that. I know several churches that have closed, um, and um, you know they can state their reasons for doing that. I just, I just think we need to push back um, when governments overstep their bounds, and be willing to take the punishment if we, if we, if there is one. We'll, we'll we might have, to, we might come to that. <clears throat> All right, so take take a look at Psalm seventy-one with me. We'll look at least part. At, We'll look at it, at least part of this tonight. We've been saying in our studies in Psalms that it gives us a voice for the experiences that we have in life. And so I'm glad that uh, God used his word and used skilled writers such as David to write poetry that can be put to music and that we can read and we can sing and we can worship that expresses some of the challenges that we face and here he expresses some i'm, I'm going to look at a few verses because they, they kind of stood out to me because of 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 what i'm facing in, in my age verse um what is it <clears throat> um verse five and uh nine and verse um, 17 and 18 so let's just take a look at those those. Let's start with verse 4. Rescue me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. So as individuals, we are not always facing that kind of a challenge, but we could as believers. And um, we have people who go against us because uh, of our faith. And so we can pray with the psalmist that God will rescue us from them. Verse 5, for you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. The psalmist seems to experience, uh, seems to be communicating that he has trusted God at a young age, and now he's grown older. That's why I say I relate to that. I trusted God at a young age, and now I'm growing older. I don't know. I consider myself old, but older. Um, and and he, he's... He's saying this. Look at verse 6. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. Now, I think he's just acknowledging that God is sovereign and has, God had his eye on him before he was born. We chose him before we were born. And that's, that's a fact. That's true. And so that is so good to know. It's not a uh, random um, selection. God chose not a random chance, but God chose us and selected us and brought us along. Um, verse 9, do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. He's thinking, okay, Lord, when I get old, take care of me. Verse 18, so even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. So he has in mind, as I get older, I want to honor God, and I'm asking God for strength. I'm asking him for protection. I'm asking him to, to carry me through. So um, believers can relate 
to this. Let me go back to verse 1. Here's a common, I've said this so many times, it's a common theme that's expressed in Psalm. It's expressed a couple times in this psalm. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. That phrase, let me never be put to shame. Um, uh, he's saying, don't um, show others that it's good to trust in you. And sh show them through, through my life. Let me never regret or let not another person looking on my life say, you know, it did him no good to trust in God. And again, I said that's a, that's a common thing that, that goes on, um, this attitude of being put to shame or not being put to shame. Look at verse 13. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered who seek my hurt. Let them be put to shame. And, and, and the idea is, is that in this life, to people looking on, it doesn't always seem worth it to, 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 to be faithful and to trust in God. But we know this life doesn't tell everything. And so we know that we need to persevere. We need to continue in our walk with the Lord that somebody looking at just one small part of our life will say it's a pity that he trusted in God. But we know that when it's all said and done, um, anybody who said that before will gladly trade places with us in eternity because it is worth it to, to trust in God. And so, uh, you know, we're here tonight. We, our country is going through strange times right now. And... Uh, we're experiencing a, a, a lot of those things personally. As I mentioned, uh, we're seeing the, uh, the virus affect us, those we know and those we love. We want to pray for them tonight. So we're praying for Aaron tonight. We're praying for others who have been tested. I ask you to pray for Donna. Um, she's in the hospital right now. She had to go in uh, because of a high fever. Um, she's, um, she, they found out she had pneumonia, she has pneumonia, so they're treating her for that. Um, so we ask you to pray for her for that. And they, she's hoping to be released um, sometime tomorrow. Um, the new situation with the, with the hospital is, is that I had to drop her off at the door. I could not even go in to admit her. Um, I couldn't walk through the entrance. They, they said, no, you can't come in here. And so I can't go visit her. I can't see how she's doing. So I wait at home until she calls me and says, I'm ready to be released. So that's difficult. It's difficult for me. I can only imagine how it is for others who have um, loved ones in the hospital for extended times or for even more um, uh, drastic or, or conditions. So um, we do well to, to pray for each other you know, during this time. One of the things I wanted to do is not forsake our, our coming together, and we need to pray. We need to pray together. We need the encouragement that comes from each other. We need the encouragement that comes from God's word. And um, our city and our country needs us praying. They're, we can pray at home. I know that. But it's something about coming together 
and knowing that each of us are praying and we're praying to a God that answers, hears and answers our prayer and is concerned about our particular situation. That's why we're going through the Psalms. We see the psalmist, he's finding whatever state he's in, whatever trouble he's in, he can look to God and, and ask and cry out to God and he knows that God hears him and that God uh, reaches down where he is and, and, and works um, on his behalf. So let's remember that as we pray. Um, this coronavirus is not a surprise to God. Even the nation's crazy response to it is not a shock and surprise to God. And this is what, you know, I always say, it is what it is. This is what we live in. This is where we are. But let's ask God to help us, give us wisdom and strength um, as we and others that uh, we know and love uh, walk through um, these, these days ahead. So let's keep ourselves in prayer. Keep each other in prayer. Good evening for our meditation. Give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs. What does that mean? Well, it's definitely something that evokes a strong image, doesn't it? It makes and provokes you with its thought, and the whole thought is dogs are unclean animals. You see a bunch of mangy dogs in a city. That's not a good thing. So you wouldn't want to give them something that you value, especially something that is holy. Pearls, pigs. Well, pigs were the epitome of something that was unclean. And so pearls were something that was very valuable. Why would you give it to pigs? What is Jesus saying? Is he talking about not throwing our jewelry in front of animals? I think he's talking about something more than jewelry. What is holy? Isn't that something that is given to us by God? It's something that's precious and set apart. You don't give something that's set apart to something that is unclean, wild, ungoverned. And I can't help but think that when governors try to tell churches what time that they can be open, that if we submit to that, aren't we giving to dogs what is holy? Dogs could also be a symbol of a Gentile or a symbol of somebody that's unsaved. And the pearls. What's a pig? Well, a pig is unclean. If you in the Bible were to give a symbol of somebody that's saved, you'd give a sheep. You give a priest. You would never give a symbol of a pig. A pig was always a symbol of something that's unclean. You would never put pearls in front of a pig. The proverb says, like a gold ring in a pig's snout, so is beauty in an unwise woman. And it's just something that we don't do. We know what pigs are useful for, that they're dirty animals. 
in many different ways. I can't help but think that a government that is as filthy as ours is in our country, and I think our country is a good country, but all governments are filthy. To therefore try to touch what is the church of God, that is not their realm. And that's why we are, in some ways, eager to defy them. Some people, you know, at work in different places ask me what, you know, what we gonna do? Or didn't the governor say this? As if we supposed to comply with it. And I, I do not think that we're supposed to comply with those things. We defy them. I think a lot of churches in our state are not getting themselves ready for the revelation. When the sword will be coming and the guns will be blazing and people don't want to hear what Jesus has to say. They don't want to hear about us talking about what is a man or a woman, that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins, that you are guilty before God. Almighty God is angry at you and he will not hold you guiltless. He will not make excuses for your sin, neither will he sweep them under the rugs. He will make you pay. And there is only one way to satisfy his righteous anger, and that is the blood of his son. God will save you from himself. People often talk about Satan as if he runs hell. Nobody runs hell but God. God runs everything. In fact, this whole coronavirus makes you think that God is sovereign. Only he can control these things. Ecclesiastes says this, God makes things happen so that men can't figure out what's going to happen next. Well, we certainly can. Who would have thought that this would have happened three months ago? Nobody could predict this. Who investing in the stock market could predict that the stock market would be half what it was at that time? Nobody could predict that. Only God knows. Only God knows what's going to happen in the future. No man knows. No matter how wise he may be. No matter how learned he might be. And some people might say, well, you know, I think it's foolish because I've been studying this stuff for years and years and years. You do not tell the people of God what to do because we serve a wiser God than you serve. We have access to more wisdom than you will ever know until you submit to the son, lest he be angry. The psalm says, kiss the son, lest he be angry. They don't want to hear about an angry God. And we need to be ready for people to be angry at us when we talk about an angry God. And so be it. So they'll be angry. So we get sick. So what? There's saints out there who done got killed for the name of Jesus. And they just going out there to baptize. There's people out there getting stoned in Muslim countries all kind of people standing up for the sake of Jesus Christ and suffering far more than a sickness. Yes, some will be sick and die. Many have been dying all alone. And all of those who die in their sins will face a worse judgment than getting sick by some virus. They will face Almighty God with nakedness. No defense. Nothing between them and God. That's what I'm scared of. I'm scared that I will be found false, that I will stand up in front of Jesus Christ and he would say, Brian, I know you taught this sermon, I know you taught this lesson, but I never knew you. That's what scares me. 
I'm not scared of some virus. I'm scared of pleasing God. And whether I'm seeking him first in his kingdom, and then all these things could be added to me. But we have to seek him first. We have to employ our neighbors and our friends and our church members to seek him first. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be wise, but I think that if we ever let some virus or some fear determine how we will or will not serve God, we are in the wrong church and in the wrong religion. Let the Catholic Church close if they want to. They got weak faith because they do not serve a God who justifies by faith. So let them be weak. For those of us who serve a God who saves by faith, by his power alone, without any of our assistance, should have faith in a strong God. And a strong God demands strong followers. Amen. Right, we'll keep it simple tonight. Um, I'm sure you can all figure what the topic is about. Um, so let's have two people pray. Um, one is going to be for Aaron and Donna, who we know are sick. Um, and the other two will be for Dell and um, Lawrence also. Um, they both, I think they're, they're both sick. Um, we just don't know if they have it or not. Um, Dell, who knows, because they told Aaron he had the flu, and they told Dell he had the flu, and you know, Aaron's got it, so. So we'll just have one person pray for, who wants to pray for Donna and um, Aaron? There's only five of you, so you still don't count, you know what I mean? Can't pray for you, Omar. <laughs> I guess you can, I guess you can, can. We'll take Brian out of the equation then. <laughs> And then the other one is, who wants to pray for Lawrence and Dell? Want to pray for Lawrence? And I'll close this up. Continue in prayer, Lord. We just lift up um, all four of these individuals, um, Mrs. Kenner, Aaron, Lawrence, and Dell. Um, we ask that you just heal their bodies. We know that you are able to heal them, Lord. Um, this is nothing new to us. We've been praying for the healing of a lot of our members from Beverly to Miss Mickey, um, from Donna, from her um, first surgery. Um, everybody, I mean, at one point or another, one of us was in prayer, Lord. And so we know you have the ability to heal. And you have the ability to keep us. Um, as was said, like, you, you know what's going on. You have all of this in your plan. And your plan is always perfect. We ask that you continue to just do that. We ask that you continue to just um, be with all of us. Um, if it be you well that we don't get sick, if it be you well that we get sick, that you just help us through it. Um, help us to be able to um, make the most of our time at home, that we um, don't get stir crazy, that we're able to work with our kids and um, there won't be tensions among family, Lord, but keep them all in good spirits. And just continue to uh, um, be with our nation, continue to be with everyone who is not saved and does get sick, Lord, because we know they are the greatest danger. Um, we know ultimately if we do pass from this world, we will be with you. But them, they do not have so much um, reassurance as we do. So um, allow us to just minister to them and um, those who are in contact with them. In your name we pray.
All right, we will do prayer requests.